And um, we are starting, like I said, a new teaching series um, called Come Together. And it's based on this book by John Ortberg. Some of you may have heard John Ortberg. If you haven't heard of him or haven't read his books, they're really good, accessible, uh, practical um, Christian books about how we live out our, our faith uh, as, as Jesus followers. Uh, so, and the book is called Everyone's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. Everyone's normal till they get to know them. And we're going to be picking up different themes each week from different chapters uh, as we go through the month of uh, January. And this morning's sermon is called The Dilemma. The Dilemma. And I'll get to explain what that dilemma uh, is in a moment. But I hope you had good Christmases. I hope you had a, a good time with families family and friends, or maybe to have a good time on your own, escaping family and friends. That's a little bit about what this series is about, actually. Um, but we had time, just the five of us, uh, and our kids, particularly Joel, absolutely loves Christmas crackers. I think it's, who would pre-handle if you love Christmas crackers? Yeah, we've got a few. I think it's something I really enjoyed as a child. Now I'm just like, oh, more rubbish. More things to chuck away. Um, but you can't beat Christmas cracker jokes, can you? And they're so good, I actually brought some along just to tell you. Here's, here are the Christmas cracker jokes uh, from our Christmas crackers. And if you've uh, done the Christmas crackers this year, you probably already know them. So here we go. Why did Santa's little helper feel sad? He had low elf esteem. Oh, there we go. Right. Um, how does a penguin fix his house. He glues it together. <laughs> there you go. Some of you are switching off already. Right. Um, why do polar bears have fur coats? No, because they look really silly in raincoats. <laughs> and then last one. How do hedgehogs cuddle? Very, very carefully. See, how do hedgehogs cuddle? How do hedgehogs cuddle? We're going to be looking at that a little bit this morning. Um, because there is a term used by psychologists. It was coined originally in the 19th century by a German philosopher, who I won't try and pronounce his name, but his first name was Arthur. Uh, and it was later picked up by, by Freud. And Arthur said this. He said, one cold winter's day, a number of hedgehogs or porcupines huddled together quite closely in order, through their mutual warmth, to pre prevent themselves from being frozen. But they soon felt the effects of their quills on one another, which made them again move apart. Now, when the need for warmth once more brought them together, the drawback of the quills was repeated so they were tossed between two evils until they discovered the proper distance from which they could best tolerate one another. And using that parable, philosophers and psychologists said that we are like hedgehogs trying to get warm. But as we get closer to one another, we suddenly realize that actually it's really difficult being close. We have quills, we have sharp things, we have issues, we have difficulties, we have personalities that maybe we tend to struggle with. So therefore we pull away from that intimacy, from that closeness, from that community until we feel the need for that community again and we draw them back into it until we feel those quills 
and we step away again until we find at some point a distance, which is a compromise. It's not quite as close as we would like, but it's as close as we feel we can get. See, as we draw together, maybe in Christmas you've noticed this, when we spend time with friends and family, maybe relatives come and visit, that although we love the fact that they've come to visit us, we love the fact that when they go, because we realise that actually being close to one another can be difficult. Because we are all different, we all have different personalities, we all have different likes and dislikes, and therefore when we spend time with each other, we suddenly realise that maybe these people that we could get on with from a distance, we struggle to get on with when they are close. You see, hedgehogs, and most animals, have two responses to other hedgehogs with their sharp quills. They either fight or they run away. Either attack or they withdraw from one another. And we as humans are exactly the same with other people. When we come against those prickles, those quills, those spines, we either fight with our own quills or we withdraw so we don't get stabbed. For example, road rage. I don't know what you like when you're driving, but we seem to feel that we can get angry easier with other people in our cars than maybe if we're literally face to face. There has been in 2020 a 39% increase in road rage from 2017 and 15% from 2018. In the last 10 years, there has been a 32% increase in knife crime. We have a tendency to attack each other, either verbally through our car windows or unfortunately physically as well. We fight one another and it's becoming increasingly the case. Or we withdraw or we push people away. Cancel culture is a recent thing where we ostracise and push away anyone that we don't agree with. Uh, Maybe for you... What you do is you keep your distance from those people that maybe you struggle with. Have you heard the phrase where maybe someone said to you, protect yourself? You've got to protect yourself. Keep your distance. Protect yourself from that person who causes damage with their quills to you. Maybe you avoid family unless you really have to. Maybe you change your friendship groups often. Maybe you unfollow people on Facebook or Instagram or various social media um, programs. Maybe you block people on WhatsApp. There's all ways in which we attack people or we withdraw from people. And it seems in our culture today, we are becoming increasingly intolerant of one another. The psychologist Dr. Eleanor Taruni, who's a found, co-founder of the Chelsea Psychology Clinic, says this, and refer to the times that we found ourselves in with COVID. says, we've all faced a lot of upheavals over the last 12 months. Emotions are running high, and that, that's only natural given the current world climate. There is so much stuff going on. And when we're feeling stressed, anxious, or on edge, our tolerance threshold can lower. 
making it more likely that we become reactive and act on impulse. When we're feeling ungrounded, we're likely to act out in an ungrounded way. If our stress levels are high, we might find ourselves having impulsive behaving impulsively or speaking to friends in ways we might later regret. See, in our current times, we are ungrounded. But it's not just COVID. Everything, all the upheavals in our society, all the changes in the last 50 years have made things ungrounded. We haven't, as a society, got a strong, stable foundation that perhaps we once did. And perhaps as a culture, as a community, as people, we have this golden standard of normality. That actually you're okay as long as you are normal, but if you deviate from that too much, then we start having problems and we start becoming unable to tolerate you. If you don't meet normality, you get attacked, or you get pushed away, you get cancelled, you get ostracised. But what is that golden standard? And who decides what it is? Grab your Bible, if you've got one. I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 7, and verses 1 to 5. Matthew chapter 7, and verses 1 to 5. This is Right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he, Jesus does a bit of a talk called the Sermon on the Mount, and he gathers people around him and basically tells them that this is what it would this is what it looks like to be a follower of me. This is what life looks like to be a citizen of heaven. And he gives loads of information and he really kind of tries to correct some thinking around different areas of life, whether it be divorce or prayer or worry or how we treat our enemies. And he said, Jesus says these words in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 1 to 5. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same ways you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So why does he say this? What is the reason he's got behind this This. Uh, Command not to judge. Well, this is the reason. Verse 3. Why do you look at a speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? See, Jesus is saying that we so often judge others by a standard of normality, and that standard of normality is based on what we hear in our culture, what we hear on media, and also based on ourselves. We look at others thinking, I am normal, and if you're not like me, then you're not normal. But Jesus is saying, don't try and pick the sawdust out of someone else's eye. Don't pick holes in the way they act and the things they do and their quills and their issues and their difficulties. Because you need to look at yourselves and realize that you are not normal. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you are not normal. 
<laughs> you are not normal. The idea of a golden standard of normality is a false one. It's not, there is no one here who is normal. We are all porcupines. We are all hedgehogs. We all have quills. And it's not just people stabbing you with their quills. It's you stabbing them with your quills as well. You are not normal. And this is a message that goes throughout the whole Bible. Just a couple of verses. Here's one from Isaiah 53, verse 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. It says this in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not some people, not those people over there who really annoy me. All of us have fallen short. Every single one of us. If you listen to our sermon series on Judges back in November, we realise that the Bible is chocked full, stuffed full of unnormal, sinful, messed up, people. Until you get to Jesus, everyone else is messed up. Everyone else has difficulties. Everyone else has fallen short. Everyone else has their quills. And we saw in Judges what happens that the whole community just spikes each other and it all becomes messy and horrible. No one is normal. And yet, and yet, See, when God, we're told in right at the beginning of the Bible in a book called Genesis, when God created us, human beings, man and woman, he looked at them and said, they are very good. He created us in his image. And although we have our issues, although we have our difficulties, although in some ways the image of God is marred and dirty in us, we still reflect our Creator. There is, God still looks at us and says, you are very good. You may not be normal, but you are good. You may not be normal, but I love you. You may not be normal, but there is so much potential in you. You may not be normal, but I have plans for you. You may not be normal, but there is so much good you can do. In the Old Testament, we have this concept of shalom. And I've picked up on this a few times. We translate it usually as peace. But it's much more than that. It's this idea of a society, a community centred around God. One theologian um, defines shalom as this. It's the webbing together, the webbing together of gods, humans, and all creation in justice, fulfilment, and delight. It's about our relationships becoming healthy. It's about living in a society which is safe and secure. 
when we don't have locks on our doors. It's where we disagree agreeably. It's where we value and honour one another. It's where there is justice. There is no poverty. There is no oppression. Actually, we are just full of encouragement, affection, delight. No one is lonely. No one is afraid. And this is all a community of us with God at the centre. Now, some of you will say, well, I find God when I go out into creation. I find God when I go up on the mountainside. I find God when I see the beauty of creation. And it's true. The Bible tells us that we see the proof and the evidence of God in creation. That often when we see the sights and sounds around us, we can worship and praise our gods. But ultimately, God is not found on mountainsides. God is not found in forests and glades, as we sung, sung about in the, in the hymn. But God is found in community. God created us, not because he had to, because he wanted to, because he wanted community with us. And God is best found with his people and with those that he loves. God meets us in community. See, as a church, and when I say church, I don't mean the organisation, I don't mean the building. When I say church, I mean us as followers of Jesus Christ coming together as community. We are supposed to create islands of shalom, in a sea of isolation. Where we create places and community where we can come together despite our quills, despite our innate ability to stab each other and hurt one another, we are called to come together in a community of love and respect, a community of justice, a community where no one is left out, no one is lonely. Because we all recognise that no one is normal. We each come with our own problems and our own difficulties. So, how do hedgehogs cuddle? How do hedgehogs cuddle? Well, I looked it up, and it's the same with porcupines as well. They start, when two mates come together, they spend time with one another. They learn about each other. They start to do this weird little dance. I won't go into details. <laughs> it's not that sort of sermon. But they start to flatten their spines so they don't stab each other. And they start to make themselves vulnerable rather than being on the attack, like a puffer fish. Now, puffer fish, when they, when they see someone attack them, or want someone going to attack them, they puff up when their spines come out. How many, I'm not going to ask for a, a hands up, but how many of us are puffer fish? When we feel threatened, when we feel stressed, when we feel under attack, we go, and the spikes come out. Warning, don't come near me. Well, how many of us, withdraw, we hide away, we protect ourselves. 
So as we go in further on to this month, we start to unpick this, and we start to work our way through this book. And if you want to read this in more detail, do grab uh, a, a copy of this book. It's quite ch- I got this secondhand off eBay. How do we start to go with this? Well, how do we start to go forward with this? Well, just three things, three things. Number one, resist the urge to fight or run away. Resist the urge to fight or run away. Number two, two, be humble. Recognize your own faults. Start to or stop uh, looking at the issues in other people, which we so easily do, and start to think, actually, what are my issues? What are my quills? Where am I stabbing people without necessarily intending to? And number three, be willing to be vulnerable. If hedgehogs and porcupines weren't willing to be vulnerable, they would have died out a long, long time ago. And we need to learn, one, to be vulnerable, and we need to be a, create a space in this community, in this island of Shalom, where people can be vulnerable. It's a bit of a chicken and an egg thing, isn't it? We don't want to be vulnerable because we're not in a place where we feel we can, but actually we want to play, place, create a space that we can feel vulnerable, but we can't because we won't be vulnerable. We need to work this through. I have no solutions here. But let's resist the urge to fight or run away. Let's be humble and recognize our own faults, and let's be willing to be vulnerable. There's some questions going to come up. I'm just going to take a minute just to read the questions. And have a think, have a listen to God, and start to apply this uh, to your own life. And then we'll continue to worship God together. Do you long for connection and community? Is your default to fight or run or push away? Do you have a tendency to judge others? What ideal are you judging them against? Where do you need to be humble and vulnerable? Do you need to pray that God will make this possible?